West Ark family, I speak to other churches about their mission programs and the things that they do in missions. <clears throat> and every time that I do this, I realize that there are so many things that go on in our missions programs that we take for granted. And that's okay. Because it's so good that we take it for granted. We, we don't always understand how blessed we are. One of the simple blessings that we have is that those funds that we will raise on November 1... They go to the people that we know. I'm not saying that all of us know all of the people who are connected to those works. But in some measure, we do know the people who are represented by these different flags on this stage. Uh, The people who work in the churches and the ministries that we support. We have a relationship with them. And we spend October reaffirming that relationship and actually creating the opportunity to build new relationships. That is true of John and Michael Carson, and we have them with us today. Uh, John grew up in this congregation, but as he said in the class that he visited this morning, I see a lot of new faces in here that I don't know. And uh, John and Michael welcome that. And so we have the opportunity to build new relationships. John and Michael work with a ministry in Tegucigalpa, Honduras called Breaking Chains. And Breaking Chains provides hope and healing to homeless teenagers in that city, among others. Their ministry not only teaches the gospel, but it strives to act out the gospel. John went through school here. Some of you may have been his teachers. Some of you have seen him grow up. Some of you may have been his friends uh, growing up here. John was a student in our Lions for Christ ministry. And during one of those years, he signed up to do an internship at the Impact Houston Church of Christ. Impact Houston is a church that works and worships among the poorest in Houston. And John spent that internship there, and he was drawn to that work. And after graduation, he returned to Impact to go into full-time ministry and to pursue his education in Christian ministry. He went there to, uh, to work as a director now, not just an intern, but as a director of other interns, and as kind of a, a youth minister. And I remember John coming to us in those days and sharing with us the work that he was doing there. And uh, they're, they're growing gardens and you know, reclaiming trash and garbage and making it into something useful. And you know that there had to be a parable. You know that there had to be some lesson in that. In that the message to those who were without hope was God can take these things and he can turn them into something wonderful. John is still uh, pursuing his degree like many uh, of our other uh, missionaries. Uh, In fact, we were wondering, Brent, if you said bills for Christ, can we do student loans for Christ? Because John and I were talking about that and then lo and behold, Daniel Tigner, who's also working on his master's, came up here and I thought, he's got the same idea. So, um, I don't think that would work. Anyway, uh, John was working in Houston with young people, bringing hope to areas of the city that had no hope. And it was there at Impact that he met another intern also a director named Michael Lemons. And Michael and John kept their relationship even though Michael went to work with Breaking Chains in Honduras. They maintained a long, you hear of long distance. This was an international uh, friendship 
relationship. So John eventually proposed, and they were married in 2013, and now they're in the process of adopting three children, uh, Diana, Jonathan, and Errol. And during the engagement, and and I want to say this because I got to talk to John during that, one of the things they had to talk about was career. Here they are both missionaries, and they are both called to do work, John in Houston, Michael in Honduras, and I appreciated the conversation that they had because they had to ask, is our future in Houston, is it in Honduras, or is it somewhere else? And through prayer and discernment, John realized that uh, his mission at Houston was coming to a transition point. Uh, There seemed to be a need for him and for Michael both to do their work in Honduras, and they landed in Honduras with the Breaking Chains ministry. I appreciated the way that they opened themselves up to what God could do and how they let God open the doors of opportunity for them in their life. I've known John for 12 years, and whether it was Houston or Honduras or somewhere else, I can tell you that he has a deeply spiritual sense about what is right in this world, what is wrong in this world. It's called justice in Scripture. And no matter where John Carson was going to go, I knew that he was interested in contributing to God's vision for what ought to be right in this world. And so we welcome John to bring us an encouragement from Scripture and to be a part of God's mission. John Carson, would you come share the word with us? It's, uh, it's good to be back in Arkansas. It's a little different than Honduras. Um, a little cooler. I like that. Chris stole basically all my intro. Um, which is fine, I guess. Um, but uh, as you mentioned, I am from here. I see a lot of faces uh, that have known me all my life. And uh, teachers and uh, other people I might have drove a little nuts um, in my younger days and maybe in my older days. Uh, as you can see behind me, this is my, that's my beautiful wife and I. Um, we were married about two years ago, as Chris mentioned. And... Um, you know, I think uh, I'm, I'm very grateful. I don't think I'm very grateful. I know I'm very grateful to uh, this church and uh, the, the people who have poured into me to make me, uh, to help make me become the person I am today. Uh, and, I, and I hope I can be a good example of that and make you proud. Um, as Chris mentioned, I, I work in Honduras, and I, I have a few kids there. Uh, I've got Diana and Arl and, and Jonathan there. Um, they came to us from our ministry, and that's actually one of the big reasons I moved to Honduras, uh, is to become their father. And I um, and Chris was talking about one of those, those critical moments of trying to figure out where we wanted to be, and, and the, it was almost a no-brainer to be with them because what— I get to pour into them every day uh, what I was only doing for a few hours a week and able to do for a few hours a week in Houston with uh, many kids. And, uh, and I, love, I love calling them my future missionaries because uh, I hope I'm teaching them to become uh, great servants of Christ that will, that will do great things in Honduras. Um, today I want to... I want to talk about justice, uh, and I want to I want to mention a verse 
that drives a lot of what we do at Breaking Chains. Uh, Breaking Chains, you've got a little card there, um, is uh, the ministry we work with. And we do work with a lot of people on the street who have no hope, who are hopeless, and, uh, and are need in, in need of some justice and mercy. And I want to mention it. It's Micah 6, 8, and you've probably heard it thousands of times, maybe. He has shown to you, O, o man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Um, and at Bring a Chains, you can, we'll have a board out there, and uh, you can check out our website. That's something we strive to do. Um, but I, there's something about that verse that I think isn't thought about sometimes. Um, and that's, that's a bit of an element of risk. Uh, there's, there's something about that justice. You think about justice, creating justice. Uh, it makes you have to go from a place of inaction, maybe a place of comfort, and you have to move to a point of action. Um, I, I think about our ministry. We, we work with a lot of people who have no hope, and, and we have to take action. We have to help them maybe get off drugs or whatever. Um, and there's some risk in that. And sometimes it's painful. All of my, my children that I mentioned, um, you know, they've been abandoned. They've been abused. They've been neglected. They're children of trauma. They're probably the poster child of that. And that's painful days sometimes. Lots of tears um, and lots of triumphs, though. And the risk is worth it. And, and I think about um, some other examples. You know, you, you've... Whoops. You may have heard of the Freedom Riders. Um, the Freedom Riders were a group of integrated uh, people who got on bus rides and drove through the South, which was not exactly looked well upon in that day, and some of them were beaten. Some of them were, were um, birth, buses were burned. Many things happened to them, but they knew what was just and were willing to take the risks, willing to fight through the pain. And uh, I want to take a second here. To, this is a little graphic. Um, I have a friend also from Impact back in the day, uh, who runs this Think Wells Thoughts. You can find him on Facebook. He, he does little drawings on coffee cups, and uh, this is one of his, and we're going to use a few others today. But uh, there's a reason no one wrote a book about the little engine who was too afraid to try. And I think that's a, I, I love that little graphic that he does there because it, it, it is. Every story involves risk. And every story involves characters that want something. They want something to happen. And the good stories are the ones where the characters risk a lot and risk it all. Much like you see in the Freedom Riders and much like you see with maybe even Martin Luther King who even gave his life, risked his life and gave it for his cause. And, and mercy, you see that to love mercy and there's a, there's a risk in mercy. 
You open yourself up to being broken and hurt again and again, no matter how many times you forgive. When you forgive someone, you, you open yourself up to being hurt again. Um, and, and I think about the early church, and I think about the, uh, the works of mercy, and, and the, the, feeding the, hung- the seven works of mercy that are uh, the f- feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, clothes to the naked, sheltering the homeless, and, and tending to the sick, visiting the imprisoned and burying the dead. There's, you think about that list, there's a lot of pain and risk that can come from that. Um, you know, you think about, uh, I'm blanking on his name, the doctor who got Ebola. <laughs> Ken Branham, yeah. You think about him taking risks because he saw Mercy and justice needs to happen there with that. And, and we experience a lot of that in breaking chains. Um, and, but it's worth it. Now, uh, walking humbly. I, uh, I don't know how OC felt about this. But, uh, you know, everything in our lives, I mentioned this in chapel on Friday to them, uh, everything in our lives teaches us to, to advance ourselves, to do the opposite of humility. And as I told them, in fact, you're in college trying to advance yourself. And, uh, and it does take an intention of staying humble in that. And, and there's a risk, and it's kind of, and it's something that everybody fights back against, the, the risk of going to get forgotten, left out. Maybe no one's going to notice and... and no one's going to pay attention to maybe the good things that I want to do. Um, and I think about, you know, the Good Samaritan as, a, as an example of some of these. Um, you know, you got, your, you got your guy walking down the road. Humbly, I would like to think. He's walking down the road. Um, he's beaten. And then you've got, a, you've got a Levite and a priest who are not willing to take the risk of becoming unclean and helping but then, along comes a Samaritan who says, I will tend to your wounds, I will tend to the sick, and I will risk, and I will give even my money to help you. And, uh, and that takes some intentionality. And I, I see a lot of groups. We have a lot of groups that come and work with us at Breaking Chains. Um, and they do a lot of great things. But I, say that, I always say there's three, diff- there's three types of people in our groups that come. There are those who are a little bit uncomfortable about being in Honduras where it's a little bit dangerous. Kind of have the highest murder rate in the world right now. Um, and it's uh, and it's just too much for them to maybe step out. It's, uh, oh, I don't speak Spanish. What am I going to do? Well, the biggest thing that a lot of our kids that we feed on the street is, is, they don't, nobody wants to touch them. Nobody wants to hug them. People may throw money at them. People may give them food, but nobody wants to sit and play soccer with them or give them a hug and let them know that somebody cares. Um, and, and I love missions, and, uh, and it's nice to have the Tigners here uh, because... 
Another thing is this church has many methods and many missions um, around this world. But there's, a, but there's one mission. There's one mission that ties it all together. Um, and that's Christ. And that's the gospel. And, uh, and some of that is preaching the gospel. And some of that is, you know, as uh, St. Francis said, preach the gospel always when you have to use words. Um, and so, the second type the second type of person on mission trips is the person who goes a little too far, um, who maybe takes a little too much risks, uh, and and they go go get hop in a taxi at five a.m. and go get coffee without telling you, um, and then the taxi cab pulls up at your house and you say, "What is happening?" Um, that happened to me last summer. Um, and, and sometimes that's not a good thing. But I want to give you an example. I have a friend, Tyler. He, he comes to Honduras uh, two weeks out of the year. And you think about that. Two weeks out of the year. 52 weeks in a year, you're, you're looking at, what was that, 10% or less of the time of the year. And yet, teens, everyone in our ministry asks about him. Always asking about Rojo. Because he's got super red hair. And... Everybody in our ministry wants to see him when he comes because he takes the intentional effort to make a difference in someone's life. He, he comes to, to see where you can hurt, and he speaks terrible Spanish, so the, the worst Spanglish you've ever heard in your life. Uh, but he wants to let them know that they are loved. And, and you hear the campus minister that comes with him um, everyone, every single person in that campus ministry knows that if they are going to talk with Tyler, he is going to make them feel loved. And, um, and maybe, maybe it's just hard, you know? Maybe, maybe it's hard to, to be humble, to, to take those risks for you. Because I know it is. But maybe every day we can be a little bit like my friend Tyler. Um, my friend Tyler, who, who takes the time to look into someone's life and say, how can I manifest love and justice and mercy? What is the hurt in your life? Because everyone in that campus ministry knew they could go to Tyler whenever they needed something. And, and, it's, and it's amazing to see the effects that have, that have come um, since the summer because my friend Tyler died. He's my age, um, had a rare heart defect. Um, and yet his, his legacy and his desires and, and the intentionality that he put into relationships lives on. Uh, we were speaking with his campus ministry recently and they and they is just talking about how much everybody lives each day with more intentional effort um and and how they're continuing his mission and then running there's a 5k i think at the end of the month for uh for our ministry because everyone knew 
this is what Tyler loved so much, was making a difference in the lives and creating justice everywhere he went, especially Honduras. There's a, um, there's a talk. I don't know if any of y'all watch TED Talks. Um, I do, back when I had time before kids. Um, and there's a guy who, uh, who, who has a great talk. His name's Simon Sinek, and he, and he talked about marketing. Um, and it's kind of strange to talk about marketing up here, but I will. He was talking about the best companies and the best movements. Start not with the what. See if I can laser point. Not with what they are going to do or what they do, but they start with why and work their way out. And he mentioned Apple and, and some other companies that, um, you know, let you think about the why. And Martin Luther King, the example of Martin Luther King that he mentions, the, uh, the millions of people that came to Washington to see him. And this is the day and age much before the Internet. And yet he inspired with his why and his what happened. Now, and what he always said, people by what you do, people by why you do, what you do, not what you do. Now, um, I'm reminded, I'm reminded of a sermon that, uh, that Rick preached about three years ago. Um, and, and he said something that stuck with me for a long time. And maybe it's stuck with you. He said, uh, the church has a mission and the mission has a church. And I like that. Uh, it, 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 it's a great visualization for me in my mind of the many methods, the many things. My ministry is not the same as the Tickner's. And yet, we still have the same mission. A mission that is, that is there, back there on that banner, that is uh, central, I feel, to everything that is missions. Making disciples for Jesus who are eager to serve others. Central to every mission. And it doesn't matter how or, or, um, or what we exactly manifest with those. So, today... Today, I want to encourage you and thank you. I'm thankful that uh, you taught me. You taught me what it means to make disciples for Jesus who are here to serve others. And I want to encourage you to take some more risks. And whether that's, you know, with who you choose to talk to today. And maybe how much you choose to be vulnerable with them. Maybe how much you choose to look into their life and say, how can I be a part of yours? How can I bring some justice and mercy into your life? And that begins, I think, a lot with, uh, with, with your intention. How intentional do you want to be? Live intently. Live with depth looking into the person in front of you, no matter where you are, Honduras, Africa, Asia, across the street, work, anywhere. Looking into to the, 
lives of people and saying maybe me too, much like my friend Tyler, who would say, me too, my dad left me when I was three. Me too, I have addictions with drugs and porn. He was willing to say that. He was willing to say those things to people. And, and I love his example of that. And I, I'm reminded of a Mother Teresa quote, we may not all do great things, but we can all do great things with a lot of love. So today, there, there may be many methods and missions in life, and, and that is certainly true. But this church, this church has been a blessing and has blessed so many in so many different ways, whether that's Hope Chess, missions in Asia, in Africa, Guyana, medically. And, and now I hope I can be an extension of your blessing in Honduras. This church has a why. This church has a Jesus, a Savior who fought and risked, intently did justice and loved mercy and walked humbly with God. And because of that, we are here and we continue and we continue making our disciples. We continue making disciples for Jesus who are eager to serve others. If, uh, if you need prayer, if you need blessings, there will be elders up here in the front and uh, in room 100. And uh, again, thank you. And continue to intently bless and serve as you've always done. Let's stand and sing.